It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Crossover Thursday. Bill Rossetti and David Drogemeyer with you guys as we are crossing over Locked On Panthers and Locked On Chargers, and we are being brought to you by our friends at Visa. Hey, Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores or coffee spots or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. So the next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. So welcome into Crossover Thursday. we got a great show here. Like I said, it's myself, Billy Rossetti, and David Drogemeyer getting you ready for Chargers-Panthers on Sunday. And we're going to just start right off. I'm going to uh, shoot some questions over to my buddy David here, get you guys some insight on the Chargers. And David, I think the first question i got to ask you, man, is uh, this craziness that we've been seeing this whole week with the Chargers quarterback situation. We get the report on Wednesday that... Uh, Tyrod Taylor ended up missing Sunday's game against the Chiefs because he had his lung punctured by the team doctor. Uh, what were your thoughts on all that? What's going on? We know Justin Herbert's going to get the start on Sunday against the Panthers, but give us give us your reactions, your thoughts on what has been uh, just a weird story uh, with the Chargers quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. I mean, how could you not be just astonished at what's been going on? I mean, so many crazy stories coming out. But see, for me, I was, you know, wanted to get a lot more information about this before jumping to judgment. I mean, I think a lot of people out there are immediately assassinating the Chargers medical staff. And I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. the right move, because if you listen to Dr. David Chow, who was the former head doctor of the Chargers, He himself on his podcast basically said that this pneumothorax, which is, you know, where the the needle goes in a little bit too far and punctures the outer lining of the lungs, said that this happens all the time. 
Like this is, you know, this is something when administering these shots to try to take pain away from players before they go out there and, and play, this type of thing is a known complication. So I think everybody out there needs to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on trying to run over the medical staff. This is a known complication. But yeah, is it crazy still? Absolutely. I mean, Justin Herbert learning he's going to start literally after the coin toss is was, I'm sure, very, very jarring. But also, I mean, the Chiefs had no time to prepare for Herbert, and Herbert didn't have any time to overthink it either. You just go in and you start playing football right away. But man, you can't help but feel bad for Tyrod Taylor because... In this situation, I mean, he's just trying to go go get a shot done so he can, you know, try to take some pain away from some broken ribs, broken ribs that or cracked ribs that he played with uh, against the Bengals in week one. He was going to do that same thing. And this, you know, unfortunately happened. And then Justin Herbert goes out there and the offense looks completely different. I mean, they're going up and down the football field. And then Tyrod Taylor's like, man, this sounds awfully familiar. It feels like what happened to me in Cleveland. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just a, just just a wild scenario, and yeah, that's that's a perfect example. It is exactly what happened in Cleveland. So, um, but yeah, let, let's talk about Justin Herbert for a little bit. Um, obviously had a great rookie debut, three hundred passing yards, uh, first touched, uh, first player in NFL history passing touchdown, rushing touchdown in the first half of his debut. So you know, great start. But I, I think you brought up a, a great point, David, and that's you know the fact that there was nothing to prepare for right if, if you're the chiefs i mean you, you literally don't find out till minutes before kickoff so now the now the panthers have a little bit of film on him I, obviously you know we can go back and watch him at oregon as well but i even said on my podcast too that one of the things i i think the panthers need to try to do here is rattle justin herbert a little bit because he hasn't really seen a lot of adversity yet in the nfl obviously i, th I thought he played a a fairly clean game on Sunday. And of course the chargers were in control for most of this game. So, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, with Justin Herbert going in, you know, what, what can he do now that he has a little bit of NFL film on him? What can he do to try to continue the success uh, this week against the Panthers? Well, first and foremost, I think Justin Herbert just needs to learn from his mistakes. Cause there's two major mistakes that happened in his rookie debut you know, besides a, an, another, you know, flawless per performance. I mean, he had one interception where he tried to roll out and there was plenty of green grass in front of him. It was a second and two. He could have easily ran for the first down and kept the, the chains moving, the clock burning. And he instead, you know, decided to trust his arm a little bit too much and threw into double coverage trying to hit Keenan Allen and it got picked off. And that was something, a decision he should have never made. But you kind of, when with a rookie quarterback, you're going to have these type of situations that are going to going to come up, and you just have to hope that he's going to learn from that mistake and store it in the memory bank and not let that happen again. But for Justin Herbert, I think it's you know you have to make him comfortable. And what is what makes Justin Herbert com comfortable is that offense where he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly, getting it into his playmakers, letting them you know do what they do best in the open field. Austin Eckler is phenomenal in open field. Joe Reed, one of their uh, 2020 draft picks, was the Jet Award winner for the best kick returner in the nation. He's phenomenal in open space. Mike Williams is a big body. He just needs to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And one thing that was definitely a, a drawback from Justin Herbert watching his tape was the mental processing. It just didn't seem like he would scan the field and process what is happening. He'd go through one read and, and throw it 
Uh, on Sunday, he actually went through progressions, and that was probably the most uh, most most important and most uh, <laughs> the most impressive thing about his performance was that he was able to go through his reads. He was also making checks at the line. So for Justin Herbert, get into a rhythm, and I think that is what's going to allow him to succeed the most against the Panthers. No, absolutely. I, I agree. I think it should be really interesting to see just how he kind of continues to build himself. You know, we, we obviously knew he was a solid quarterback coming into the draft, but now that he has a little bit of this NFL experience under him, it'll be interesting to see what he does here in week two. Um, One of the other things I want to touch on, too, with you is what has the Chargers defense been able to do these last couple of weeks uh, against the Bengals and the uh, and the Chiefs, particularly you know, without Derwin James, because obviously another big loss for them uh, really sucks to see him out for the season again, you know, because it's going to end up being what? Like he's played three games or something, three or four games in two seasons, which is very disappointing for a guy like him. But how have they been trying to uh, replace him these last couple of weeks? Obviously, they, you know, you really don't have anybody the, the caliber of Derwin Definitely James. Not. But, but, um, you know what 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 are they trying to do uh, back there in the secondary, and how can a team like the Panthers attack that secondary? Well, I mean, even without Derwin James, I mean, this secondary is very, very good. I mean, they're going to move Rayshon Jenkins, who played free safety alongside Derwin James last year, over to strong safety. And then they were bringing their second-round pick from 2019, Nazir Adderley, uh, out of Delaware to play free safety. And he pretty much redshirted his entire first year, so we didn't really get to see very much of Nazir. The only thing we did see was uh, a preseason game against the 49ers where he got his hands on four different balls but only was able to pick off one of them. And in that moment, you're like, man, this guy has incredible ball skills, great instincts, has good speed, can flow sideline to sideline, can cover very well. But he's still very inexperienced, and that's probably the person out of the secondary because, I mean, Casey Hayward, you definitely don't want to go there. Chris Harris Jr., you don't want to go there. Michael Davis, the other corner, very, very good as well. The The linebackers are, are pretty improved as well with Kenneth Murray and Kaiser White coming back. They're, if you're going to exploit or try to look for a weakness in this Charger secondary, you're probably looking at Nazir Adderley just because of that inexperience. And, you know, some of the angles he has taken to make tackles has not been the best. So that's probably the only, you know, quote unquote weak link uh, in a still very impressive Chargers defense. Mm -hmm. And then just looking at that front line, too. I mean, this is the biggest concern for me. Uh, from the Panthers' perspective, is their offensive line, which has been struggling a bit the first couple of weeks, and now they have John Miller banged up. You know, he was limited in practice on Wednesday, so who knows what's going to happen on the interior. Um, but, I mean, that front line of, of the Chargers just continues to to be a force, and you, you have to think if you're the Chargers, you just watched Teddy Bridgewater get sacked five times mm -hmm. last week against the Buccaneers. If I'm Melvin Ingram, if I'm Joey Bosa, I'm foaming at the mouth, ready for uh, just counting down the minutes to Sunday, ready to attack Teddy Bridgewater. What are your thoughts on uh, on that matchup? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Panthers' offensive line uh, sport a couple of former Chargers, which I will ask ask you about when we flip mm-hmm. things over. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're definitely at risk, and unfortunately for them, the Chargers' pass rushers, especially Joey Bosa, has been in rare, rare form The first four, through the first two games of the season. He leads the league in pressures, so he is Getting just money's worth. Yeah, he's definitely he's the highest-paid defender in the league, $135 million, but he's showing week in and week out why the Chargers decided to invest in Joey Bosa and why he is makes such an impact on the game. And the thing about Joey that is, you know, kind of unsaid or, or not talked about as much is the fact that he's a great run defender as well. He does not, you know, compromise or, you know, he doesn't give, you know, or get when he's when he's pass rushing versus run stopping. He is just as good at both of those. He's a very well-rounded defender. So, that's he's he's a weapon in both of those games. Melvin Ingram, on the other hand, has had a little bit of a slow start. You know, he's not really getting getting there quite yet. But one guy I think who is definitely going to help things out is Linval Joseph in the middle of the defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that's been missing from this Chargers defensive line is pressure from the middle. You know, haven't been really able to to push a pocket in. They've been able to get there on the outsides, obviously, but that's where you have a dynamic defensive line is where you can get pressure from every single angle. Linval Joseph is definitely helping with that. And the Panthers should be very worried uh, about Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. That's what I've been saying this whole week. Uh, this is definitely a little worrisome, especially now with Christian McCaffrey. And we'll, you know, certainly touch on that when we flip things around. But yeah, I mean, you have to be impressed with this Chargers team. I mean, they're obviously very close to being 2-0 and right now. I mean, you know, you could obviously flip that and say they're close to being 0-2, you know, had things gone differently sure. on that last drive with the Bengals. But this is still, I mean, they... You know, it's certainly not the Chargers we're used to, obviously, with with Phillip Rivers. But other than that, this team really hasn't missed a beat. Yeah, no, they they really haven't. I mean, they're very much the same team, I would say. The quarterback position obviously has been one of the big question marks here. But, you know, through two games, I mean, the Chargers probably should have beat the Chiefs, honestly. They, Mm -hmm. They dominated that game. I mean, they were up 57 minutes of that game. And, you know, in the first game against the Bengals, I mean, Joe Burrow had made a couple of good good plays in that game. But, you know, at the end of the day, they he just couldn't make enough plays on the Chargers defense. That's the backbone of this team. And also on the offensive side for the Chargers, they have really run the ball very, very effectively. 155 yards in the first game, over 180 rushing yards in the second game. That is that one. Is that something you guys are a little bit worried about going against the Chargers? Absolutely. Absolutely. And first off, shout out to my boy, uh, Joshua Kelly there. Uh, I, I got to meet him at the senior bowl and then talk to him at the combine. One of the nicest kids you will ever meet. And I think I said, said this, uh, the last time we, we talked to. So for those that missed our first talk back in March, uh, I'll just <laughs> reiterate that I got to meet Joshua Kelly and he's just incredible. So it's, it's absolutely great to see him, uh, already being successful there. I mean, what a duo they already have now between him and Eckler. I mean, even looking at some fantasy sites, a bunch of these sites have both of them in the top 20. So it's great to see. But yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, and we'll certainly touch into that more. I mean, the the bank or the Panthers have to be worried about this uh, about this rushing attack from the Chargers. So that's going to be a a big matchup. And shout out too to my boy Dan Hatman over at the Scouting Academy. Uh, Joey Bosa. Um, 
for their D-line module, they give you obviously the players to grade and then a couple top players to kind of give you an idea of what like elite traits look for. Yeah. And obviously, Joey Bosa is up there along with uh, Aaron Donald and, and for good reason. So, you know, shout out to Dan Hatman. He's been a, a great friend of mine doing uh, really helping me out, helping me learn the game. So it's been a, a great time. But uh, some good insight there on the Chargers. Uh, I think we're going to flip it around now. And uh, I guess it's my turn on the hot seat to see how the uh, the Panthers match up against the Chargers. We'll do that in just a minute. Reminder today that this episode is being brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com, the family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts available for your car or truck. And remember to write the words locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so that they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And our friends over at MyBookie, remember this season to invest in your intuition. Use the promo code locked on and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service anytime sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card all right we're back here on the crossover thursday with locked on panthers bill Rossetti. Uh, of course i am david drogemeyer locked on chargers and you know we're going to flip things over now to the panthers side of things and there's been a lot of changes here for the panthers this season a lot of new things the i think the most Im- important new thing obviously is the head coach i mean what is your impressions of matt rule uh transitioning from baylor uh over to the nfl ranks as your new head coach of the panthers yeah, I mean, so far it's, you know, kind of what you've expected from a first year head coach, especially from college. A lot of growing pains, a lot of interesting decisions, you know, to try to spice things up, I guess, or get cute. I don't know. I mean, you had the uh, the fake punt attempt inside the 40 the yard line last year against the, the Bucks or last week against the Bucks that failed. But I, I mean, you're seeing some positives with the team as well. You're starting to see. Um, definitely that Matt Rule influence and the uh, the David Tepper influence. I, I mean, the the pieces are there, the foundation's there. So you know, this is a team on the rise. They're uh, they're obviously not going to win a lot of games. I, I think we've uh, established that by this point. This team's going to be in contention for 
one of the top draft picks in uh, in 2021. But I mean, Matt Rule has, um, you know, the, the coaching staff he brought into obviously has been a has been impressive so far. Joe Brady's been doing a great job so far of getting some matchups and moving his players around and kind of opening up the offense a, a little bit more than we've seen over the past couple of years with, you know, Norv Turner and Scott Turner kind of calling the shots there. So really nice to see that Joe Brady influence. And then uh, Phil Snow coming in, doing some good things with the, with the defense so far. So, you know, Matt Rule from that perspective has done a really good job. Uh, the, the players have certainly already bought into to what he's doing. And I mean, look, you know, when you – when you sign a coach for seven years, especially one that has never been a head coach in the NFL, he's only had one year of coaching experience in the NFL, and that was eight years ago. When you sign him to a seven-year deal, you know it's going to start off with some speed bumps, and that's exactly what we've seen so far uh, in these first two games. But, I mean, you know, a five-point loss to – to the Raiders in week one and they um, actually not even a, a, a five point loss, a four point loss, excuse me, uh, to the Raiders in week one, uh, 10 point loss or 14 point loss to the Buccaneers, which was, you know, kind of expected. The Buccaneers were just way more talented than the Panthers, but they've shown some things that, you know, give you some hope and see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, there's still some excitement with Matt rule, Long way to go, plenty of time. I think things are going to be just fine under Matt Rule. Well, of course, uh, Matt Rule is not the only new person on the Panthers. Uh, they also have a new quarterback as well in Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, the, a really great story, coming back from a horrible, horrible injury, having some success with the New Orleans Saints, and then getting signed by the Carolina Panthers. Through two games, what are your impressions of the new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, I mean, Teddy's Teddy. You know, he's shown the things that we saw in the five games he started last year for the Saints. You know, he'll he'll throw a lot of short passes, just get the ball in his playmakers. Really haven't taken a, a lot of shots deep, but he, he's done a couple times and he's had some success. I mean, you saw they had a big play for a touchdown in week one against the Raiders, right? That 75-yard pass to, uh, to Robbie Anderson on the double move. I think it was against uh, Damon Arnett. If I, I forget, it might have been Arnett, but either way, a nice double move and Bridgewater with a, a nice throw to hit him, and Anderson was off to the races. So, in a small sample size, in with the the deep pass, he's shown pretty well. But you know, Teddy Bridgewater has done a a pretty good job of just controlling the offense and taking care of the football. I mean, he only has I think one turnover so far. In uh, in the two games, you know, and then really the offense as a whole has been pretty clean. I think that's, um, you know, they really don't have a lot of turnover. So Bridgewater's done a nice job of just, you know, manning the field and taking care of the offense, taking care of the football, letting guys like DJ Moore and uh, and Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson kind of do their thing. Now, obviously, that's going to change over the next couple of weeks without McCaffrey. But, you know, I, I think Joe Brady's going to have a something up his sleeve to try to you know we'll say minimize the uh the impact of uh, McCaffrey not being there but having a a solid quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater obviously he's not Cam Newton you know you lose the uh the mobility that Cam Newton brought you you know Teddy's not going to beat you with his legs he never has but he's still a serviceable quarterback 
And I think just his talent alone leading this offense is going to help the Panthers win a couple of these games and maybe steal a couple. So, yeah, overall, I think you have to like what you've seen out of Teddy Bridgewater so far in Carolina. Well, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and of course, uh, we can't have a crossover without talking about Christian McCaffrey and, uh, you know, the unfortunate injury. What happened with the injury and, you know, how long do you guys expect him to be out? And also, how are the Panthers going to try to replace that type of production? Yeah, so it was late in the game against the Bucks. I uh, suffered the actually suffered a high ankle sprain. So he's going to be out four to six weeks. The Panthers actually put him on uh, injury reserve on Wednesday. Now, of course, with the new rules for uh, 2020 because of COVID, IR, as we know, is only three weeks. So, you know, at least uh, it lets him come back earlier and it helps them free up uh, that roster spot, which they ended up taking uh, Chris Reed off of the COVID reserve list and activating him to the 53-man roster, so giving them a little extra depth on the offensive line. How they're going to replace him? Well, I mean, Mike Davis had a uh, had a pretty solid game in place of uh, in place of McCaffrey on short notice. He caught all eight of his targets for 74 yards. So, you know, he sh- the Panthers have already shown that they're going to utilize him out of the backfield. So, I expect that a lot going forward. You know, he's he's got kind of that bit of veteran mentality. You know, he we saw him a little bit with the bears and, you know, he did spend some time at the end of the season with the Panthers last year, but Mike Davis really had a a great training camp and really earned that number two role. So it was, you know, really important that uh, the Panthers had somebody reliable behind Christian McCaffrey, just in case something happened. And now here we are McCaffrey's out for four to six weeks. So now Mike Davis is going to have to take over. What I think they're also going to do, and Matt Rule kind of talked about this during the week, is you might see Curtis Samuel a little bit uh, at the running back position. Samuel did have four carries last week, a couple of them, of course, on a jet motion. So you might see a lot of that. Maybe they line him up in the backfield. Of course, you know, Curtis Samuel did play running back at Ohio State with, you know, but showed some some receiver skills out of the backfield. And it was those traits that helped him uh, transition to wide receiver when he was drafted by the Panthers in the second round uh, a couple of years ago. So I think it's going to be, you know, a bit of that mix, maybe even see Trenton Cannon get a couple carries or two. Uh, Cannon, pretty solid runner out of Virginia state, uh, had a decent rookie season and limited work with the jets, uh, but didn't really see the field much in 19. I think he had an injury, and Jets didn't bring him back. So uh, he landed with the Panthers and gives you great special teams value. Um, and then Reggie Bonifin is still sitting there on the practice squad. So he could possibly be an option to be one of those call-ups that you see each week now with these teams, at least for you know the time being, since you can only do that twice per player. So I think they're going to mix it up a little bit. Um, obviously, you're, you're not going to get the production that you do with Christian McCaffrey because – Almost nobody in the NFL gives you the production that Christian McCaffrey does. But I think with having, you know, the rest of the playmakers that the Panthers do, and as we talked about with Teddy Bridgewater, him kind of uh, doing a nice job taking care of the football, I think it's going to help limit the uh, the downfall, I guess we'll say, of losing McCaffrey. But, you know, without a doubt, this is going to be a – a different looking offense. I think more of the onus now is going to be 
on DJ Moore, on Robbie Anderson, maybe even Ian Thomas steps up a little bit at the tight end position. So, you know, you could see Teddy sling it a little bit more as well. So on the Panthers offensive line, they sport a couple of former chargers. You got left tackle Russell Okung and guard Michael Schofield. So how have those two guys looked for you guys throughout the first two games of the 2020 season? Yeah, Schofield had to do a couple spot uh, spot starts here at left guard with Dennis Daly, still out with that ankle injury, and it's looking like uh, it's going to be a third start because Daly didn't practice on Wednesday. So I think uh, both both of them are going to be in action again against their former team. And, of course, uh, Pat Meyer, the former offensive line coach of the Chargers, is now coaching the offensive line in Carolina. But both have been, you know, pretty solid. Russell Okung has been kind of the, you know, the solid veteran that we've grown to know. Michael Schofield's had has had his ups and downs. You know, if there's a if there's been a problem with the Panthers' offensive line so far, it's been the interiors. You know, uh, but they're certainly relying on a lot of kind of aging veterans. Not not that Schofield is that aging, but still, I mean, you know, certainly older players, I guess, in uh, in Schofield parodies and uh, John Miller, who, like I said, he's banged up a little bit as well. But overall, it hasn't been a, a terrible experiment so far for, for these two guys. Uh, it could just be a one-year thing, though, because, you know, Okung, of course, only has one year left on his contract. Schofield was only signed for one year. So these can kind of just be uh, stopgap players. And I think once Dennis Daly is fully healthy, he's going to get back in there because he was the projected starter at left guard throughout the uh, trading camp. You know, they've been moving him around quite a bit. He was a guy that they've been working pretty much all across the line last year as a rookie. So he'll jump back in there and Schofield will, uh, will be back as depth, but he's been, you know, he's been all right so far uh, in his first two starts, but I mean, certainly uh, as a whole, this line is a little worrisome. And, you know, as we talked about, Earlier with that Chargers D line, it's a little concerning <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So the the last couple of questions I got for you is tell me about a player on one side of the ball, you know, on defense and on offense that the Charger fans uh, should look forward to uh, watching on Sunday from the Panthers' perspective. And you know, just in conclusion, what do you think is ultimately going to decide this game on Sunday? Yeah. So I'll start with uh, the defensive side of the ball and. Um, you had mentioned Nasir Adderley kind of coming into his own, and you know I was a fan of his coming out of Delaware. I'm going to stick with the the safety portion there, and I'm going to talk about uh, one of the Panthers rookies, and that's of course Jeremy Chin. Uh, Chin has had an incredible start to his NFL career. He's been flying all over the field, making tackles, uh, just looking so good out there on the field, so smooth. He's going to be one of the centerpieces. Uh, going forward, he's kind of that. Uh, he's become kind of that hybrid linebacker safety mix, and the Panthers are just going to be able to kind of move him all around. You know, they can play him in the box, they can play him as a deep safety, and move Justin Burris up. You know, Chin really helps the Panthers give you a lot of looks and um, a lot of you know they can disguise a lot of things and change things up really get the really get pretty exotic uh, with this defense so chin's going to be the guy that's going to start making some big impacts on this panthers defense certainly some of the other rookies uh have been flashing a little bit as well like like Derek brown but chin's chin's been incredible so far 
these first two weeks. Offense, I mean, DJ Moore, I, I think, is the uh, and now you know now with Christian McCaffrey injured, I think DJ Moore kind of becomes the star of the show. And you know, obviously, he's started to become a household name, but I. Like I said earlier, I think um, more of the uh, more of the onus of this offense is now going to fall on him with Christian McCaffrey out. And um, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's already built a nice connection with him. He's already been targeted something like 25 times in these first two games. Uh, him and Robbie Anderson both went for over 100 yards last week against the Bucks. So DJ Moore is just that guy that he'll beat you all over the field. You know, he can, he can take you vertically. He can stretch you horizontally. He can just beat you in a number of ways. Uh, he's got great hands. He can catch passes all over the field. So he's going to be the guy when it comes down to it, that I think the Panthers are going to trust, uh, when they need a big catch. But Robbie Anderson's had a, a solid start too. Like I said before, he had the, the big touchdown grab. And again, he had over hundred yards last week. So he's been fitting in pretty nicely with the uh, with the Panthers offense here. And then I mentioned I talked about Curtis Samuel earlier, how they're probably going to try to make him a little more versatile uh, and possibly giving him some uh, some running back uh, or some carries out of the backfield and, and a couple more rushes out of this uh, in this offense. As far as what I think is going to decide this game. I. I I go back to the offensive line. I mean, if they can't protect Teddy Bridgewater, I think Joey Bosa is going to eat Teddy Bridgewater for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean, you know, Joey Bosa could potentially have two or three sacks in this game uh, if if the Panthers aren't careful. So Joey Bosa, I think, is going to have a fine game. Um, We talked about the uh, the Chargers secondary earlier. This is a tough matchup. You know, like you said, Casey Hayward's one of the better corners. And uh, and I'm – I'm excited to see Kaiser White, you know, be a little more versatile. Sounds like he's becoming a more of a hybrid player. So this is a, another tough, uh, a tough go around for this Panthers offense. I think uh, there's definitely going to be some times where this offense is just going to just go nowhere because they're just outmatched. I think at a, a bunch of positions, and you know, on the flip side, this is still a. Uh, a secondary group in Carolina that's still trying to gel together. Now, Rasul Douglas has had a nice first two games uh, for the Panthers, but you know this is another group of really good wide receivers. Obviously, it starts with Keenan Allen. Mike Williams has been coming up, so this is another tough matchup, I think, for uh, for the Panthers' defense. And we saw Mike Evans and Scotty Miller burn them a bit last week, so I, I think the same thing can kind of happen this week. So. This is, like I said, an, another matchup where I think the Panthers are just a little bit outclassed. And um, if if they can't get to Justin Herbert, I, I think this defense is going to be in for a long day. Well, hey, Bill, I really want to tell you know, really want to thank you for joining me here on the crossover, uh, learning a little bit more about the Panthers, and of course, your fans learning a little bit more about the Chargers. Uh, and best of luck to you guys after Sunday. Oh, absolutely, man! Great to talk to you again, David. Um, uh, you know, it's always fun to kind of watch the Chargers. They're, they're just kind of one of those fun teams to watch. I don't, I don't know why. They're, they're just a, a cool team to watch. And um, getting to see, even just on TV last week, just seeing that new stadium, I mean, that, that's incredible. So, you know, Chargers fans are fortunate. Hopefully soon uh, Chargers fans can actually see the stadium in person. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great game on Sunday. And uh, like I said, enjoy 
talking to you, David. It was a lot of fun. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.